Welcome to the Spirit Pathways podcast. I am Kate Sprickley. Our podcasts offer raw, honest and authentic conversations on a number of topics that we hope you find informative and inspiring. Okay, so thank you for for everyone joining and listening into to today's podcast. It's been a while since I've I've done a podcast. Um, a lot has been happening. Um, for those who don't know, I've recently made the move from South Africa to to British Columbia and Canada. And today I am chatting with my new South African Canadian friend, Jackie Lepro. Um, I met Jackie through uh on Facebook. You you posted something. Facebook, yeah. Yeah. You said something about you had a parcel for your mum, and I offered to take it back to Cape Town when I went to go and see my kids. And um, yeah, it was one of those, you know, you just happened to be in the same place where my mum lived, and leaving a couple of days later, it was all very perfect. Yeah, it was. It was very synchronistic, especially when you arrived and asked me what I did. And I, in my head, I was thinking, "Oh, hate that question." And, and uh, I knew the answer already. <laughs> And then you came and had coffee and yeah, we, we hit it off. So I, I'm so happy to to have a friend close by and someone who understands the weird world that we, we live in, or certainly I live in, you live in it yeah. too. You, you get it. I get it. Yeah, you get it. So that's really good. Um, so I just thought, I just thought we, we could have a conversation a little bit about being brave because both you and I have done some pretty brave stuff in our lives and I don't know about you but I I often okay I do think about it but you know I don't think about it as being brave I think about it as this is what I'm feeling called to do or this is what I'm being pulled towards and this is what I feel so strongly that that I need to do. There's no concept of like, am I being brave? Do I have the strength? Am I courageous enough? You know, that that doesn't even cross my mind. Um, but being here and and one of the one of the things last week was dry, you know, I'm driving firstly on the wrong side of the road. I'm sitting on the wrong side of the car. I'm driving a car that I don't know. In fact, on roads that I have absolutely no idea where I am and Waze likes to take me in all sorts of directions and making sure that I see every part of British Columbia because <laughs> it takes me on the same road. Yeah. So I had to do a very brave thing and come and meet you for coffee and then came and meet you for to see see where you work and 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 have a walk, which was which was wonderful. Um yeah, I mean, I kind of, I, you know, I thought about that bravery thing as well because we spoke about it a little bit before, and I agree with you that kind of the doing of the initial thing, there's kind of no question about it. It doesn't feel brave for me to have moved countries a few times or it's what happens afterwards, I think, is where the bravery comes in. It's like, okay, now I've done the big thing. It's all the little things that feel like the brave things. Yeah, because you I mean, you've done the big the big move a couple of times. I mean, you moved from South Africa to England, and then from England, England to France. back to South Africa, from South Africa to France, from France to Canada. Yeah, I've done it a few times. Yeah, so so, so that's got a yeah, and you know, I don't. People often say to me, "Oh, that's 
really brave of you to have done all this. I'm like, yeah, I suppose so, is really what I kind of feel. Mm -hmm. And I don't feel like any of them felt brave at the time. For me, it felt like there was no choice. It was what I was doing and what I wanted to do. So it kind of everything, granted, it was very smooth for me for the most part moving. Um, When I moved to France, for example, I didn't really think I was being brave. That in particular, you know, if I'd thought about it, it would have been brave. But I was moving to France for love. So it was like, I'm just going to go and do this thing. But I didn't really think that it was going to be culturally different that I'd have to learn a whole new language and like all the other things, learn to drive because I didn't drive before I moved to France. So I learned to drive on the wrong side of the road in another language with a six month old. So it, you know, like I really, that was for me, that was brave. Yeah, it's brave. I, yeah. I had no choice, but it was brave. Yeah. Yeah. And, and yeah. how old were you when you, when you moved to France? Cause we did, we haven't actually chatted about that. Yeah. Um, well, I left South Africa when I was 26 and I went to the UK for a couple of years. And that's where I met my boyfriend who became husband. Um, and so I guess I was there for a couple of years before my visa ran out and they said, thank you very much. Goodbye. Um, and then I went back to South Africa for nine months and then we kind of decided that wasn't working so well. And my husband had moved to France, where he's originally from, to Paris, actually. And he said, come live in Paris. And, you know, what's a girl got to do, right? Exactly. Okay. Especially Paris. Especially Paris. I was like, what's the worst that can happen, right? So I can have this amazing adventure and be with somebody I love. um, And all the other stuff is kind of like, it falls into place. You make it work, right? Whatever it is. So, yeah, I I was probably... I guess I must have been 29 or 30, just 30 when I moved. Yeah. And also, I suppose, you know, I don't, I, I don't know, we can we can unpack this, but, you know, when you're in your 20s, you know, I got married at 24, had my daughter 25, well, I, I think I just turned 26, my first daughter. Um, left my husband by the time I was 30, 30, got divorced by the time I was 31. I had two small children at that point, had already started my own business, etc. etc. A whole life. Yeah, yeah. You know, let's let's just pack it all in. Get it over. <laughs> Felt a bit like that. Um, but all of those those decisions, those choices, those actions, there was there was no real thought about consequence. You know, I never thought I'm going to get married and this is how it's going yeah. to play out. You know, this is, you know, you kind of get married and you 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 wish and hope that it it works and it lasts forever and it, it's good and all of those things. Um, but you don't, you know, you don't think, the, think about the consequences. And then you have a baby at the age of 25 and you don't think about the consequences of yeah. that it's just a baby you know how hard could it be a shot. Yeah. And, and somebody could have told you how hard it's going to be but you know you don't listen just words. No. you're kind of like oh well that was your experience it's not going to be mine mm-hmm. right yeah mm-hmm. um yeah and, you know and then even leaving my husband and getting divorced and all that, I never really 
unpack the consequences of that of like what is this going to look like and how am I going to do all of this and how am I going to raise two children on my own and there was no thinking but now making making this move to Canada at nearly 50 um it's different because it's it's you know you're older you've got a little bit more jaded a little bit more experience a little bit more understanding of actually there are consequences to your actions and there are consequences to your choices and you have to live them out yeah and I think did you spend a long time thinking about those things before you made the move no (laughs) no when you know you know yeah you know, I, I I did think about okay, the con- you know, the long term consequences are I'm leaving my children behind, I'm leaving everything I know behind. But I was coming to a country that um, I had been to before. I've got my dad here, I've got family here. You know, so it wasn't foreign. And it, unlike you, I didn't move to a country where I have to learn another language. I mean, I'm not, you know, I'm on the west coast. I'm on the yeah the, the other side where I'm my dad's side French. Yeah. Um, yeah, so it, it's, and, and I mean, you've only recently moved to Canada. You've been in Canada, what, four or five years? So, yeah, we moved seven years ago. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And did you? And officially became citizen this morning. Yeah, congratulations. <laughs> perfect timing for the podcast, yeah. Welcome to yeah. Canada. <laughs> it got me, but it, it's got me really reflecting on what is it, you know, what does identity mean and what does it mean to change countries and what does, you know, it's really, it, it adds to you as a whole, I think, to to live in another country and to have another experience and to, it doesn't take away from anything. It's not that I'm no longer South African. It's not that I no longer have my contact. Uh, I lived in France for 14 years. It's not, it doesn't mean that that is null and void and didn't exist, you know, it wasn't part of who I am anymore. But it just adds, yeah. So enriching, yeah. Mm. Yeah, it is. It's a, it, it is an interesting. Um, I hadn't actually really thought about it because <clears throat> I've always, you know, claimed my South Africanness, yeah, and been proud to be a South African. And I love South Africa. I love the country. You know, I didn't. Mm. Leave, I, I didn't leave for those reasons or reasons of not liking or not enjoying the people or the country obviously I don't like the politics but politics everywhere is is, your roots are your roots yeah and and I left for many other reasons but it's it's I've always had a British passport as well so I've always had that ability to be quite free in how I move when I travel mm-hmm. etc et and I do have Canadian citizenship although I haven't claimed it I'm obviously in the process of claiming it um I, I've never I, yeah you know it's like yeah how do you how do you, who do you identify as and what do you identify as and and actually it doesn't really make any difference I mean it's you know just an easy thing you know I need to have citizenship in order to live in this country I need to be able to have a bank account and do all of those practical things does it change it's more of a practical decision but that also kind of made me think of um and I guess that's the privilege part right we we made this choice we weren't forced to flee our homes or any of those situations right so 
we decided, you know, for whatever reason to move to another country mm. and we were able to just go and do it. And I think, you know, part of it is a mindset thing and, uh, and you know, I guess some of it is kind of, I feel like some of it is being decided anyway, right? I always, when I was younger, I always knew I was going to live in another country. It wasn't really a, a surprise to me when I landed up living in a foreign country. But, you know, some people don't have those choices. And that's a whole different, yeah, mm. whole different kettle of fish. Yeah, especially for those who are forced to flee. You know, they right. you know, that 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 is something that's taken from them. Whereas we're talking about something that we've gained, you know, whether it's yeah. citizenship or gaining an, a, an aspect of our identity that we wouldn't have gained if we had stayed in South Africa. Yeah. And it doesn't feel like a gain and a loss, whereas for some people it's a gain and a loss that are connected. And I think that's you know, the difference for us anyway. Yeah. I know when I lived in France, because the culture was so different to my own um, and unexpectedly so for me, you know, I, I'd, I'd lived in the UK for two years and it felt fairly similar and familiar. And I guess part of that is the language as well. Um, when I moved to France, I did not think it was going to be such a shock to the system. <laughs> and it really took me a good few years. And I always had the feeling of having one foot in, in either country when I lived in France. And I think that... Um, now that I've moved to Canada, I don't feel that kind of disconnect anymore. So I think language is a very big part of it. Yeah. Yeah. Although, I, yeah, I mean, I must say, for me, I, don't, I definitely don't feel like I've got one foot in South Africa. I feel like I've yeah. got my feet very firmly planted here. Um, yeah. But processing the difference between... South Africa and what I've always known and coming to Canada, although the, the, the language sounds the same. Yeah. The there are lots of different necessarily the same. Um and but everything is different here. You know, it, yeah. everything is different. And I think that, you know, the first month I was shattered. Every day yeah. was there was just so much newness that I was having to process and absorb yeah. and trying to orientate myself in a new space, orientate where I am. Um, it, yeah, it was it was overwhelming. Uh, but sometimes it's hard to even put your finger on exactly what it is that's different, right? It's lots of little things. Yeah. Yeah. It and it but it is the little things. You know, yeah. big things are different. You you accept the big things are different. Yeah. In a different country. But yeah. it's the small things that are overwhelming. It's it's, you know, going to the grocery store and um, you know, trying to find food that is familiar. Yeah, the labels are all different. Yeah, you know, and it's like I I just want to find a um, you know, what, what I'm trying to think of, like a what 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 we would call a um, oh man, a courgette. Oh yeah, a zucchini. Zucchini. <laughs> I mean, yes, I know it's a zucchini and other, you know, other places, but in South yeah. Africa, it's not. It's a courgette. I spent ages. I spent ages once looking for coriander. It's What's called cilantro it? here. Of course. Yeah, so it's the small things of trying to figure yeah. it out of of like what 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 do we what do we call things? Yeah. And 
you know, I've I've got an uncle who is Canadian. So, you know, I talk to him and I, I use my South African slang and there's just this blank. I have a really funny story about that. Can I tell that? Yeah, go ahead. So my, my son, when we moved here, he was in grade five and going into grade six. And at the beginning of every year, every year, you get a list of school supplies that you need to go and buy, you know, some pens and paper. And very often they add things like Kleenex or, you know, paper roll or anything. And on this list were earbuds. And so, <laughs> yes, you know where this is going, right? <laughs> and I looked at this list and I looked at this list and I was like, this is really weird, but why do they want me to give him to take earbuds. You know, they're going to sit and clean their ears in class. I can understand Kleenex. I can understand paper towel, but earbuds. Um, and, you know, my son nearly went into middle school with a pack of 500 Q-tips. <laughs> if I hadn't spoken to one of my Canadian friends, that's what he would have done. So, yes, <laughs> sometimes it can be quite hilarious. I'm the poor child, middle school with a box of five, 500 Q-tips. That just would have been like hell mortifying mortifying yeah yeah lots of stories like that it's not for the faint-hearted it's not I mean it 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 really isn't for the faint-hearted and and I must say I you know I I think much of last year was taken up with packing uh packing up and selling and getting rid of everything and the practical parts of of moving a country, and I, you know, I, I I literally arrived here with three suitcases. There were, you know, there was how long did it take you from making the decision to come to to actually arriving? Like, how long? You know, it had always been in the back of my mind. It was something that I'd wanted to do in two thousand and eleven, um, but or maybe even two thousand earlier than that. <clears throat> but it just wasn't possible. My my children were too little and my ex-husband wasn't going to let me take them out of the country. So I kind of put it on the back burner and um, forgot about it almost of like, you know, this is where I am. This is where I have to be and made the best of it. Um, and I think when, I, th- I think my, my youngest daughter started in grade nine or 10. No, it must've been nine, grade nine. And I, I don't know what happened, but I woke up one day and I suddenly realized that I could see the end of school. Mm-hmm. See the end of dropping children at school and collecting children from school. And instead of getting sad and depressed about it, I suddenly got really excited because I thought there is an end to this. And and a new beginning. Um, and a new beginning for me. You know, this yeah. is <laughs> never mind what my daughter's going to be able to oh, do. Yeah. You know, that's her that's her life. There's actually yeah. there's there's something beyond this for me. Yeah. And and yeah, it was suddenly my vision had been quite closed and suddenly everything expanded and opened. And I remember saying to my my kids, you know, I I, I just want to prepare you, you know, I, I really do think I'm gonna leave the country at some point when you guys have finished school and they were like, yeah, 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 you've spoken about this. You've spoken about, it. you know, they just brushed me off. <laughs> and, you know, so I can't, it, it started then. Um, so that was what, five, 
six years ago. And then I, I really started feeling the pull to, to come, you know, there's, there's, there's a lot of reasons I'm in Canada. It's, 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 um, it's not just a personal choice. It's a, a soul calling. And that calling just got louder and louder and louder. And I just couldn't, couldn't ignore it anymore. Um, and initially I did think I would end up in the UK because I had a brother there. Um, but sadly he took his own life in, in 2020. And after spending six weeks in the UK, sorting out um, his his life and, and packing up his life and and his funeral and all of that I just I just realized I can't live I can't live there it wasn't your place no it wasn't my place and and you know the he was the reason I would have been there and he was no longer there and mm-hmm. yes nieces and uh, niece and nephew nephews there um which I who I adore but I can't um you know they yeah I don't know what they're going to be doing with their lives. And uh, so I, I realized the UK was off the cards. And um, my dad's been in Canada for a long time. So there was, you know, okay, well, maybe it's Canada. And yep, it definitely is Canada. It was Canada. And I, of course, I dove into all the intuitive stuff of like, is this going to work? Is it going to be worth it? I'm not root- uprooting my entire life. I've created a life here. I've got a good life here. Now I'm going to pack it all up and I'm going to chuck myself over to and to the other side of the world. And, you know, so I dove into that, had an astrological reading. In fact, there is a podcast that I did with, with Ronnie who um, did the planetary line. So she looks at where your um, astrology is, is in relation to place. Super so, interesting. Yeah, it's fascinating. So I got her to look at, you know, Canada and particularly Vancouver. Um, what we're about an hour outside of Vancouver, yeah. this area. Um, and uh, it looked really good. I mean, literally, I, while she was doing it on the podcast, I was like, okay, stuff that I'm packing my bags now. I'm leaving tomorrow. I'm getting out of Cape Town. This is not my place. Time to go. And then so question. Yeah, Question, so, if, you, if she said that it wasn't your place, would you still have come? Yes, because there's something I have to do here. Yeah. If this would have been the place that I would have ended up living in, I don't know. Yeah. Um, but yes, I would have still come because uh, you know there's there's ancestral stuff that that needs to yeah. be that that yeah. needs to be. Address. So she was just confirmation for you. Yeah, yeah, she was confirmation. It was, it was, you know, I, 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 I wanted an adventure. I wanted to go and live somewhere. I wanted to leave home before my children left home. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, the one had already gone. But save your heart. Gone. Save your heart. <laughs> already had my heart broken by the first one leaving. I couldn't do another one, so I left. <laughs> leave me. <laughs> Wise move. Yeah, I thought it was taking notes. I thought it was very clever to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, and, yeah, so, I, I, yeah, I, I think I, I would have still come. I don't know mm. whether it would have been the place that I called home. Yeah. But it depended on what she had said was home. And yeah. it, it's, it, when, she, when she does the astrology, it's not, um, 
you know, there's not only one place in the world that is right. good. You know, there are many places in the world that are good for you. So you can give her a couple of options, but I, I just gave her thank you. Yeah, I didn't I didn't give her another option. Um because that's what, you know, that was it, that was what I was feeling called to. And uh yes, and, and that was that must have been January last year. So okay. yeah. from then things started, you know, that was it. I sat down with my kids and we had a very serious conversation around it and um they were both incredibly supportive of like, you know, this is what oh, she's wonderful. Yeah. yeah that you must have been a relief too. Yeah. You know, they, they were really supportive. You know, this is this is your time. You need to have a life. You need to have an adventure. You need to which was great because yeah. um, you know, I, I have literally devoted twenty-four years of my life to my children. And mm -hmm. um, Sure, I've done other things and work and all that sort of stuff, but you know they've been yeah. primary focus and and to have that to realize I have two incredibly stable children who are able to let me go. Um, yeah, was was yeah was was amazing. Um, but also, like you, I also had that feeling that I would never live in South Africa forever. You know, it was never. Yeah. 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 But, you know, it's that for me, it's also like I can't imagine staying in one place in one town, one city or one village for my whole life. And there are people who do that. But, you know, I just love the exploring and meeting new people with new ideas and different energy and... I think we all have connections to different countries as well. And, you know, to have that opportunity to go and explore that inwardly and outwardly, I think it's just so valuable. And to, yeah. so tell, tell, tell me a little bit more about your work. I mean, I, I know that you do the counseling, you do reflexology, yeah. you do some energy work. I mean, how's that been here? Yeah, so when I listened to France and so yeah, so I started that I started my practice in France and I, yeah, I've been a Reiki practitioner for twenty five odd years and um not always professionally, but um it was not something that was really um welcome, shall we say, in France. So I lived in a very small village in the southwest of France near the Pyrenees Mountains, which is all very beautiful and old and magical. Um, but um, I found that anything a little bit kind of, let's say, woo-woo was not really, you know, very welcomed. Um, and I did study reflexologies because I thought that was like a little bit more scientific and it would be a little bit more accepted. But, you know, I literally got called a witch. <laughs> so, no. And which is really interesting because France is so steeped in tradition and steeped in you know, traditional healing as well. You know, you've got your healers who are known, village healer who, who heals warts or burns or, you know, like all these things. And But something like Reiki or any kind of energy healing is just, it's, it's seen as almost evil, right? So, yeah, it was, it was a very interesting, very tough experience because I really had to, fight my way to you know I had my clientele but it was very very limited um and I had to constantly prove that it worked so it was you know it was a it was exhausting yeah 
And then so coming to Canada where, you know, these things are just so widely accepted, it was just like, oh, here I am. And, you know, I feel totally in the right place. And, you know, coming from South Africa with, you know, people are very open spiritually to traditional healers, to healing of all different kinds. It was very hard to then live in a place where those kind of things weren't accepted in France and a huge relief and, um, yeah, just it did like a weight off my shoulders, I guess, being here and being able to do what I love. Yeah. And feel free to do it without having And feel free, yeah, totally. And not have to constantly explain myself or not talk about it or hide it or, you know, which is just... Yeah, one of one of the reasons why we let clients was that was one of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And how did you get into it? How did you get into the alternative healing field? Um, I, well, I guess Reiki. Reiki. So I, I did. I probably my Reiki one when in about ninety five, ninety four, ninety five. I'd gone through that kind of. Um, Dark night facade. <laughs> yeah. That's the only you way to say it. One? Come on. I've had about <laughs> No, no. Did I say that? No, no. Okay. <laughs> this good. was one big, you know, the early 20s one. Yeah. That first one. <laughs> that first one. <laughs> Crash course. Yeah. If you um, don't count teenagehood being a dark night of the soul. Oh, yeah, no, but that's just, yeah. Oh, gosh. No, that was coming out of it, I guess. <laughs> Dealing with that long period. Yeah. But, um, yeah, so, you know, I I, I was seeing a, a therapist at the time and she suggested I read a book by Carolyn Miss called Anatomy of the Soul. Mm-hmm. And then I started reading Louise Hay as well. So those kind of, and then I, I was working for a psychologist at the time um, called Marlene de Villiers and she invited me to a, like a Reiki workshop that she was hosting. And I went, sure, that sounds really cool because I was totally, you know, um open to to everything and that was like oh this is my thing and it totally like Reiki one just it changed my world totally like everything became simpler I could see everything clearer I could see the connections between all the things um it was just yeah my life changed totally all the people that I you know I was associating with that were part of my dark night of the soul I was just like nah, you're out of here and it was easy and simple and clear so that's where I started um and then I did my Reiki too about a year later and then yeah then I moved to London and that was a different experience because then you know I was just there for the fun yeah the fun and exploring <laughs> so um, I don't think I practiced much Reiki during that time very little yeah you did a whole lot afterwards yeah totally <laughs> yeah and so then, you know, it took me a while when I moved to France afterwards to to pick everything up again. Um, I lived in Paris for a couple of years and got, you know, we were made, my husband and I were made redundant in that time and we got this massive payout and we were able to choose what we wanted to do. And he chose one path and I chose like, oh, reflexology, that sounds cool. Nobody had ever touched my feet. Nobody had ever worked on me in any way that way. But I just knew. And so I went to the UK to do it um, and because it was the best school to do it at. So I went and I did that and then I just set up my own practice. And because I was a, you know, a mother with young children or young child at that time, it was really helpful for me to be able to choose my hours and work in something that I really love but also be flexible. Yeah. 
and just kind of grew from there. But it's really been since I've been in Canada that it's really, you know, kind of I am in my space now. Yeah. And I've picked up my Reiki practice. And so, you know, I say Reiki, but it's, you know, it's a word. <laughs> energy yeah. healing. Yeah. Energy yeah. healing. Yeah, no, I know. I know. Yeah. It's interesting because the first um, kind of alternative therapy I ever did was reflexology. Oh, yeah. Friend of mine um, kind of suggested, I was going to say made me. She didn't. Yeah. Anything. She, she suggested that I go and see this woman in Cape Town. And I must have been about 19. Yeah. And, uh, she did reflexology. So I said, well, you know, what's reflexology? She said, no, no, she just fiddles with your feet. And then she tells you anything about yourself. Oh, gosh. It's like, I'm in. Yeah. So off yeah. I went. And, uh, yeah, I mean, of course, she she did the reflexology. That I I I can't tell you a single thing. It was nice, but I can't yeah. tell you a single thing about the reflexology because I was far more focused on what was coming out of it. And all the rest. Yeah, yeah. You know, what she was telling me about myself and where I was going and what I was going to be doing with my life and what my future was going to look like and yeah. She sounded yeah. like a sounds like a bit of a foot reader. Yeah, she she was yeah. she was incredible. She she yeah. really was. I I I mean the things she said, what that that's like you know thirty what how old am I? Thirty <laughs> odd years ago. A while ago. A while ago. Um. Yeah. I mean those those things happened. Yeah. You know. Amazing. Yeah. And you remember them, which is very cool as well. Yeah, well, they they were so out of my realm of experience that I, I I couldn't forget them um yeah you know she she told me I'd be doing this work and she told me I'd yeah. be you know and it was like what no. I'm going into the corporate world uh -huh. corporate ladder. but it stayed in the back of your mind yeah well you know when the retrenchment when the retrenchment started and you know the 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 the, the, the corporate career started I started tipping off the ladder mm -hmm. uh, yeah thing, you know. how did you get into what you your work like what was the um I'd always been obviously like you you know kind of interested in in spirituality and and alternative healing and all those all these lovely things but um as I said I was climbing the corporate ladder you know, and mm -hmm. and then I fell pregnant um with Chloe my eldest and that kind of changed things you know it it felt like something opened up in me while I was pregnant with her and I started accessing a part of myself that I'd never been in contact with well actually that's that's not necessarily true I'd been in contact with it but I'd shut it down <clears throat> when I I mean as a child I I could see things feel things I knew things I had a continual conversation with with God and my guides and um and that continued right up until I was about 17, 16, 17. And I, I don't know why, maybe I'm just blonde, but I didn't realize that everyone else couldn't Did see you? what I could see, oh, couldn't why? hear what I could hear, couldn't get things like I could get and I don't know why it took me so long to start having conversations with people but I would say things like oh can you hear that you know I think that, that sounds like 
alien ship landing or some something yeah. like, yeah. or you know can you see that weird light around that person or you know and people are like what drugs are you taking <laughs> oh we cannot see them what are you talking about oh it's just kate <laughs> yeah oh she's so weird um and i think the fairies yeah well they didn't I was too. I think they were quite scared of me because I was oh. quite an angry teenager. So <laughs> was this airy fairy? I was pretty, uh. I was pretty hardcore. Um, and then on the top of it, you know, seeing weird things and hearing weird yeah. things. And I, I so I because I, you know, you're a teenager. You just want to be like everyone else. You don't want to yeah. stand out. You, you don't want to be different. Yeah. yeah. And I, I remember consciously going that this is this is enough now. I can't do this anymore. Um, and I consciously shut it down and actually got quite sick as a result of it. I I got um the that's when I got the Epstein Var virus and encephalitis and the yeah, there was yeah. Yeah, three or four months of just being completely manned down. Um did you understand? I guess at the time you probably didn't understand what it was about. I mean, you know, yeah, I was sick, you know. Okay, I've got to be off school for three or four months. Oh, well, that's yeah. I'll take it. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, you know, it was obviously only in hindsight and once I was much older that I was able to yeah. look at that time and go, oh. That's <laughs> what that was. What it was. Mm, okay. Hey, note to self don't shut down ever again you get sick and that's why it's so important to have adults in your life that you can talk like teens can talk to or to talk to teens in a way where they are able to talk about that stuff right yeah well that that's the thing is that i i didn't have anyone you know it, I, I i tried to say and people just thought i was weird you know with like yeah. you know what are you talking about and I think, you know, my family dynamic, there was such crisis and, and turmoil and shit basically going on that, you know, I was never going to go to my parents and say, oh, just by the way, my entire life I've heard voices and seen things and seen. Yeah, things. they would have thrown drugs at the problem. or exactly. yeah. I would have been, you know, pulled off to the mental, mental home. Yeah. Um, yeah, and so so then in my twenties, being pregnant with Chloe, you know, the stuff started opening up, and and I mean, bizarrely enough, my ex husband bought me my first pack of tarot cards, and <laughs> so I was pregnant. I was busy playing with tarot cards and doing readings for my mates, and you know, telling everyone their future and fortunes, um, and and then when I had her, um. Yeah, that that was you know that was like a that was being hit by a ton of bricks. Um, you know this this realization, the realization of I mean it was a bit late, you know, like shit, I've actually had a baby. I'm actually, <laughs> wow, it's a shocking thing. I'm sorry. Yeah, it, was, it was a horrifying moment in the. How hospital. the hell did this happen? <laughs> Looking at this little thing, yeah. going, I actually have to keep this thing alive. You know that this is yeah. now this is all on me yeah um and then at the same time this this huge realization about my own relationship with my mother and yeah the 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 the, the damage and the, the the stuff that had that had happened and the consequences of that and what it felt like and what it what it was for me yeah. and I suddenly realized that if I didn't do something dramatic I was going to end up damaging this Perfect. Be human. 
you know, I, I was going to, I was going to damage her, you know, let alone what the world was going to do to her. I was going to do, do, do that to her. So that kind of kick-started a whole shift in me. And then, um, of course, you look at the world and you think, no, 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 my child is not going to be brought up in this world. I'm going to change it. I'm yeah. going to be different. It's got to be a different world for my child. We are not doing this. <laughs> so, yep. Picked up Maybe. the trade of, you know, okay, I'm going to change the world all on my own. Um, of course I didn't. And um Well, well I to differ. Yeah. Everybody does might, their little bit, changed, right? Yeah, I might have changed reality for my children, which is which yeah. is yeah. But um yes, and then I I I mean, of course I was, I was like 25, 26. I don't know what that what I was doing. I mean, I I shouldn't have been even having a baby if I, you know, if I think about it. And I didn't really know where to go, what to turn. And, and in, in those days, there was no internet. Um, we didn't have access to the things that we have access to today. In fact, there was internet. I lie. It had just come out. You know, it was yeah. like, in fact, I not, not super accessible internet. Let's yeah. I mean, in fact, I lived next door to the guy, one of the guys who, you know, brought the internet to South Africa. Um, yeah. Yeah. And he, uh, so, you know, there, there wasn't access to too much information and, and I didn't really know where to go to learn how to be a different mother, to be a different mm. person. So I was grappling with all of this internal stuff that was going on, which was just chaotic and messy. And it was, yeah. I wonder, yeah. I wonder if that, um, like not having the internet and not having all of those things accessible meant that you had to turn inward more and kind of make it up you know what I mean rather than taking somebody else's idea of whatever yeah, I, no because I didn't have that internal connection you know I'd shut it down so I didn't yes it was opening up but I wasn't I wasn't listening and I wasn't consciously tapping in I I was just struggling yeah whirlpool of feeling and emotion and and then of course you have everyone going, oh, well, you're suffering from postnatal depression and you need to go and see a psychiatrist and you need to go to a psychologist. And you need to go to a support group and, you know, and feeling desperate because, of course, I don't want to destroy my child psychologically. Yeah. I, okay, I'll do whatever it takes to feel better and to start feeling stable. And so I went down that whole route and went on, on medication and saw the psychiatrist and loathed the therapist but I went and and uh <clears throat> went to the support group once and you had to sign an agreement that you wouldn't leave I went once and I broke that agreement I was like there's no <laughs> going back there sorry can't do it yeah. um no. and obviously because it, none of it felt right you know it I was doing these things but no, nothing felt yeah. right. I was starting to work with my feelings of what was felt yeah and then when Chloe was about a year old, um, a friend of mine suggested I go and see an energy healer. So I was like, you know, anything, give it to me. And off I went and she was like, introduced me to the concept of indigo children, which I'd never yeah. and told, you know, sent me off to go and read a whole lot of things and then explained to me that I had been going through the the, this massive spiritual awakening and that 
it was, I was very young to be going through it. And, um, but you know, you, once it starts, you can't exactly stop it. No. Um, you can't put it back in the box. <laughs> no, you know, you, you can try, but yeah, good luck. Yeah. And, yeah. So it's, uh, I, I, I saw her, I think once a month for a long time. Um, How did she, it feel when you heard her say that? Like how did you receive it? Yeah, such relief. You know, just the relief yeah. of going, this feels that this feels right. You know, this information, yeah. this the, there was something in me that just went, oh, okay. Oh, yeah, thank you. Yeah. Oh, thank you. Thank you for explaining the crazy yeah. that is happening inside. Yeah. Um and yeah, so then I did a whole lot of research into indigo children i was like okay well you know she because then she said well your daughter's one too so you know so they uh, yeah deep dive into all of that and by this point the internet is i don't think we had google but i don't know we had search engines and i could find stuff and there was a lot of stuff in the states about indigo kids and and so i started talking to people all over the world and and um and then i started writing about indigo children and and parenting indigo children as as an indigo child myself being parented in a way that didn't serve me is like how do we parent these kids in a way that does serve them so I started writing about all of that and then fell pregnant with my second child and went through another whole shift and yeah that just did you feel more prepared no I was terrified of her <laughs> No, I was pretty scared of her. Um, she, yeah. So when I was pregnant with her, I was more prepared in the sense that I was I was going for regular energy work. Um, so spiritually, I was preparing myself for this for this child. I was doing yoga. I was eating better. I was looking after myself. So I was way more prepared in that sense. And, but I was also tapping into. Um, and and channeling and now channeling information and things and and one of the things that I, I was doing with the woman who I was seeing for energy healing was um, tapping into Christ consciousness and tapping into things outside of this realm of what we can touch and see and feel in ways that I had never done before and I look back on it now and I just put my head in my hand and think that was so dangerous from a spiritual perspective from a physical yeah. perspective because yeah I had no idea what she was doing and I and I yeah, she knew what she was doing well she at least was putting me in situations that mm, shouldn't have been going into anyway yeah. but, um a bit like you know going into places where angels fear to trade yeah yeah and one of yeah, the you have, to, you have to have somebody who knows, you know, is experienced to take it on that kind of path. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I, I'm still, I, you know, I, I don't know. I, it, 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 you know, I look back on it now and I just think, oh, that was so dangerous. And, you know, I must have some pretty, pretty strong protection to keep me safe in that. Time. Oh, yeah. yeah. But anyway, in this time, I connected to this Christ consciousness and the power that it holds and realized that this consciousness was what the consciousness that my child was my baby my new baby that was coming carried yeah and that was pretty scary um just because of the 
the enormity of that power. Um, responsibility. Responsibility of now being a parent to one of these kids. Mm. And yeah, and and you know, even though I already had a daughter, you know, she was very different. I mean, both my kids are they're very different. Um, yeah, so it it was quite overwhelming, but it it fueled the sense of purpose of got to change the world for these children, you know. Yeah. Like, and in fact, it wasn't even just for my kids, it was for all kids. It was, you know, I don't I don't want any kid to grow up like I did with this confusion yeah. of like what's real, what's not real. I feel this, but I see that. Um, yeah. You know, so that, many kids grow up like that. So many. Know, yeah, because yeah. most of what we see, the facade of what people put out there is such bullshit. You know, it's mostly yeah. lies. So you you feel this and you see mm -hmm. what's happening and you're like, well, this feeling doesn't match. It doesn't, current, yeah, it doesn't match. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's just so much confusion. And and, and then know, you turn yeah. to the adult who will tell you what you're supposed to be thinking or whatever. And so you adjust. Yeah. Right. And, and so then you, you, you tap out, you know, you tap yeah. out of that intuitive space that you tap out and you think you've then got to become something yeah. or someone in order to yeah. fit in, to be accepted, et cetera, et cetera, which is all bullshit. You know, we should be, you know, we need to parent our children and say, well, this is, this is a soul that is incarnated into this physical form. And I need to see the soul of this child and help that soul to emerge within 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 this reality. Not, yeah. you know, this is a child that I now need to fill with beliefs and programming and conditioning, yeah. et cetera, et cetera. It's, you know, all of that. And yeah, so I went on a bit of a rampage about how things needed to be different and was writing and posting stuff everywhere. Yeah. Yeah, it was going all over the all over the world at this point. Yeah. And then uh went on radio and TV and suddenly had hundreds of people phoning me and asking me for help. And of course, um but at this point, 28, 27, 28. All just coming at you. No idea what I'm doing, quite frankly. No idea. So I like you. Reiki. Oh, I can do that. <laughs> yeah then at least yeah, it, it, it has it's contained right yes. it, has, yes. it has rules it's a way to do it it's yeah it's contained the good old conditioning from the western yeah world. yeah totally need to do something and you need to have a qualification to do it so off i yeah. went yeah my certificate yeah i went and did reiki one i didn't do the rest i just did one and yeah uh, yeah that yeah, that just blew that connection, that inner connection open. Yeah. And I uh, tapped into that part of myself that I'd shut down when I was 17. And yeah, it all just all just started from there. And well, yeah, and at the same time, again, you know, like I think I'm a bit nuts, but in the best kind of way. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> maybe just immature <laughs> um but you know there i was working with people you know yeah. energy energy working i was doing readings i was doing whatever whatever i could to help them and no boundaries none 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 whatsoever um wide open to everything yeah and four years a learning process 
Yeah, and then, you know, three or four years later, wake up one day and go, I, you know, at this point, I've now left my husband, I've gone through a divorce, I've got two small children, it's, life is just hectic. And I wake up one day and I think, I don't know where I am. I, I don't, I, I don't know where, I, I don't know who I am. I don't know where I am. And so off I went searching for someone to help me find myself again um, and came across um, Native American shamanism. Okay. And so did a deep dive into, into what they call the red road and uh, followed the shamanic path of, of, healing myself and got all the tools that I needed to to help me when I'm working with others and yeah and that's now I'm here yeah and you know there's that that part where the natural gifts that you have that one has and that kind of um intention of healing being part of it but there is a part of the training is still important. I mean, we know, I know we're saying, you know, you've got to have that certificate, but there is training and expertise and mentorship and all that stuff that is so important because you need to learn about the boundaries. You need to learn about the ethics. You need to understand, and you can't do that on your own. No, but also, you know, if you think back to, you know, when we lived as, as tribes and, and real communities, yeah. You know, there would be elders and there would be, yeah, be natural mentors and guides that would yeah. that see the potential in a, a child that was deeply connected and say, yeah. you know, that, that child, there's something going on there. We need to guide that child. Otherwise, yeah. you know, they're exactly. going to get lost or the consequences, they're going to lose their mind, they're going to become a whole lot of things. And we don't have that in our world anymore. You know, we don't. Exactly right, yeah. We don't have guides. We don't have mentors from that that are looking out to see who are these special kids that. No, we have to go and look for those mentors. Yeah, exactly. You know, so so if I'd had someone as a kid saying to me, "Well, you know, it's perfectly normal for you to, you know, be hearing things and seeing things, and it's a gift," and da da da, you know, instead, mm. I just thought it was normal. <laughs> I was seventeen and realized, "Oh no, you just weird." Um, <laughs> But, but, you know, also, um, I mean, one, one of the things that for me is so incredibly beautiful is I, I, I have worked a lot with kids, with, with babies and, and, you know, toddlers, and then all the way up till they're, you know, big kids in their 20s. And um, some of them I've known, you know, from little until they, they get to their 20s. And one of the things that is so amazing it was so amazing for me to see is that these kids would walk into my therapy room and there would be no fear no anxiety no like what am I doing here whatever there would just be this exhale of like oh it's real it's actually yeah. it exists because in goosebumps. Space, yeah. you know in my space all that stuff existed you know that yeah. The, it's here yeah, this and they are now sitting with someone who gets it yeah. um yeah and it's sad because we, we 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 if if we if we you and i for example grew up you know a couple of hundred years ago we would have been guided through our lives or you know instead of waking up in our 30s and going oh shit i need i need help i need someone to tell me what yeah, what's going, going on, on. Yeah. 
I don't understand yeah, the people who don't understand what's going yeah. on and think they really are literally going crazy. Exactly. And how many mm. people do we know that 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 you know have yeah. incredible gifts that are then diagnosed as being psychotic or schizophrenic, yeah. bipolar, or wh- whatever it is. Lots of things, yeah. Um, and I'm not saying that those illnesses are not necessarily real. I'm just saying that you know a lot of the time it's these deeply we don't understand them 100 percent yeah and so i agree with you you know training and and mentorship is vital if you are stepping yeah. into this work because you can lose yourself yeah and the consequences of that loss it's not just a psychological thing it's a soul loss it's yeah and that you know going you know circling back to being in france as well that was what i was lacking there as well it's because i didn't have those connections and you know, mentors can be in friendships as well. You learn from each other as well. And I didn't have, or I had very few, you know, people around me that I could connect to in that way. Definitely and, how, and how's that changed here? I, well, I think my expectation was already when I got here that I would meet the people. So I think that in France, I had that expectation of, it's not going to happen here. So I don't think I even attracted that. Okay. Whereas coming to Canada, it's been like, I know that, you know, people exist that think maybe that the way that I do was similar. We can, you know, so I've attracted those people totally. Yeah. I mean, you're one of them. So, <laughs> you know, and I think that those kind of connections have been so much easier to make here. And also because I also feel like I'm in my place. right? So that also yeah. changes everything. And mm. when you when you're connecting, you know that inner connection. Yeah, I'm always fascinated about how 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 it works for people. In you know, in how easy is it to do it here in comparison to to how how it was in France? I mean, because you you didn't feel in that supported environment, was it more difficult to make that that inner connection? Oh, totally. Yeah, I questioned myself all the time. So by questioning myself, I could never be still enough to be able to really connect. Yeah, and to trust what I was connecting to. Yeah. So there was that portion, and I think I was always in France. I was always somebody who was different. I was always an outsider. So I had I tried really hard to fit in for most of the time that I was there, which meant that I was never ever really being super authentic. So no, I couldn't connect there. Yeah. You're not being authentic, you can't. No. Yeah. That is yeah. so oh, I hadn't thought yeah. about it. Also, when you so you know, you not only are you a foreigner in a different country, you you don't speak the language, you you're now doing something weird that's considered yeah different yeah I mean I was you know by the time I left I was completely and utterly fluent in French so a lot of people didn't even know that they could hear that I had a bit of an accent but they didn't know that I was but I was still an outsider because if I wasn't from the same town I was an outsider so no matter what I did I was always exotic or different or I thought differently because I'd lived some way different and I'd seen different things and that's the other thing about um, I think about Canada compared to, say, France, is Canada is full of diversity from people from all walks of life, from all different countries and cultures and beliefs and everything. And I love that. I feel like South Africa is like that as well. 
you know, there's a lot of diversity in what we believe and what we think. And yes, there have been issues with that in the past, but I think on the whole, people accept that people are different in South Africa and that's okay to be different. In France, it was not very acceptable to be different. So when you move to France, you're expected to become French, but you can never become French if you 100% if you come from somewhere else. Yeah. Whereas here, you can be South African and Canadian. In France, it was French or nothing else. So, yeah, I don't know where I was going with that, but it was that whole thing of always being an outsider. Mm. and never quite being yourself because yeah. I don't think you can always 100% be yourself in another language yeah. which I never really thought about but and French I could is never easy language to learn when you speak it's English. dreadful to learn <laughs> yeah no I mean I did I did a couple of years of French at school and I always thought I yeah. could speak French but I can't it's, I'm useless yeah I did it at school too I thought I could speak French until I went to France <laughs> yeah me too. Yeah. yeah. But I learned lots of, I learned a lot from that. I'm like digressing here, but I learned a lot from learning because there was also the part of me that didn't want to speak until everything was perfect. So, um, like anything in life, you can't wait until you're perfect at it before you do it. And it took me a good five years before I would actually make imperfect sentences or try and express myself and be okay with making mistakes and learning from them. It was a huge lesson. Yeah. Yeah. But I often got laughed at for making mistakes. So that kind of shut it down as well. So it was, it was such a learning experience. Don't want to do that again. But it was a good experience. Yeah, I mean, some of these journeys we take ourselves on and you think, oh, but yeah. I may have to learn it that way. Yeah. <laughs> But I mean, it's also it's also about learning to be yourself, right? So, what is yourself? And it's you know it brings all of those things into question. How do I connect to myself? How do I connect to something bigger than myself? How do I become authentic? All of those things. Yeah. And living in different cultures in different ways help you kind of think about those things in a different way. I think too. Yeah, I, I must say, I. I... Uh, yes, South Africa is pretty open-minded and and mm. um, generally. But mm. I I still felt, having grown up there, that there's a certain expectation of how you should be, you know. Yeah. Particularly being a privileged white person. Oh, totally, yeah. You know, there is this expectation. It's an unspoken expectation, but it's there. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I didn't ever fit that mold either. You know, it was like I was forever falling out of it. <laughs> yeah. Or otherwise it just got too tight. Yeah. Uh, but but I felt the pressure of it. I felt the, the the I felt the weight of that expectation of this is how you should be and why are you not? Yeah. And also I suppose family expectations of like this is how you should yeah. be living your life and why are you not? And why do you have to be different? And why do you always have to do everything differently? And and I, coming to Canada, that's all gone. Like I don't, I don't yeah. any of that. I don't. There's not this expectation. I don't meeting anyone. There's no expectation of who I should be. There's this expectation. You know, there's just this question of who are you. 
Well, that's the freedom of living in another country, though, right? And moving somewhere else where nobody has any of that knowledge of you beforehand. You just are. Yeah. Yeah, it's a huge freedom. Yeah. And you can step more into that space of being authentic. Yeah. Because it's like, I, I, don't, I don't, there are no labels here. You know? yeah. Um, yeah, it's that whole thing I'm about how sure they are, but they aren't for me because I'm... Yeah. Not yeah, and maybe in 10 or 20 years' time of living here, maybe that's when that starts. But the freedom of change, you know, if we're all always staying in the same place, doing the same thing time, day after day after day with the same people, it's really hard to move. It's like heavy, like molasses. It's like, you know, so to change and to be authentic and suddenly be somebody or, I don't know, you just feel like you're always fighting to be who you are in the same thing where if you just make that change it just becomes so much easier just to be and do you think and do you do you think it's i mean the time that we're in in the world right now yeah. and how there is such a push for transformation there is such a push for change i mean it's a cosmic universal push planetary yeah. push it's maybe not necessarily a societal push but yeah um you know we are all being pushed to make these dramatic changes and and how what's your feeling about that? How do you feel it's it's going? How do you think it's unfolding? Uh, uh, it's fast. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's going super fast. I mean, I it's difficult for me because I think I've grown up with change, and change is very familiar to me. So I'm not afraid of change in any way, shape, or form. And I also think being a South African and growing up in such a st unstable yeah. economical, political, so societal yeah. environment means that we've learned to navigate. It just navigate and adapt and yeah. you just go with the flow, right? Yeah. Because yeah. that's what you can do. Way through the flow. Right? You, just, you just do it. Okay, I know this is where I'm going and I'll figure it out along the way, right? And maybe I don't land up there. Maybe I land up somewhere else, but that's okay. Um I realize not everybody's like that, which is, you know, talking talking to people around me, not everybody's like that. I have friends that say to me, oh, I could never do that. You know, they've, they've been in the same job for 20 or 30 years or lived in the same house for that amount of time. That's totally foreign to me. So I think a lot of it is where we grew up yeah. and how we grew up. Um, yeah, that helps us navigate through that. And going yeah. through through this time, this pandemic, how was that? Yeah, for you, go with the flow. Yeah, well, go with the flow. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, you know, I I didn't really. I mean, obviously there were tough times through it. That's not to say that it's always easy, but it's just. You can't change some stuff, right? So sometimes you just have to go with the flow and see where it's going. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's that's how I feel. Yeah. And sure, there's some stuff you need to stand up and fight it, you know, up against if that's or you know what's you know kind of in your core and your role in the world. But that's your way of going with the flow. Yeah, and I think I, I think, know what do you think. Yeah, I mean, I I I do. I think that there are times where. Where we need to stand up and fight mm. 
what is right and 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 uh you know growing up in south africa you know we know what that what that feels yeah, like, exactly. like. We, we yeah. know what wrong looks we're like we're doing it yeah yeah we were doing it we were living through it um, but i do i mean i i think that yeah there's the change is happening so quickly right now i don't i don't think we we even have time to judge it no you know you, you just, you're just being taken by it um okay. and we either just go with that flow or that current yeah. or we try and swim against it and quite frankly the swimming against it is flipping exhausting it never works and i'm too it's old like a miserable life I'm too old for that. No. <laughs> I'm just going to lie in the, in the tide and, and let the current take me. Yeah. yeah. And it's going to take us all in different directions too. Yeah, exactly. you know? Global, Globally the same direction, but individually different directions. Yeah, yeah and of course it's individually it's going to look different for everyone. You know, they yeah. how they perceive yeah. it and, and what they take from it, it's going to be different, but... Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm certainly one. I'm, I'm very excited about it all. Um, I've, de I, I've decided through all this, I, I really do like change. Yeah. Um, I don't necessarily like the process of change. It's pretty uncomfortable, but change is good. Change is good. Yeah. Change is always good. What's always that? Good. Change, change is as good as a holiday. Yes. Sure really, really true. <laughs> holiday that we're on. <laughs> Yeah, it's quite a hectic holiday. Like quite a hectic holiday. I, I paid for an all-inclusive. What's this crap? <laughs> I paid to lie on the beach. Yeah, yeah. I'm on no beach, yeah? <laughs> no, when I look out the window, that's definitely no beach with the snow coming down. <laughs> and I was quite excited to see it start snowing again. I hope that that uh, excitement at snow never, never, never leaves me. Yeah, it might a little bit. Mm -hmm. I'm hoping it doesn't quite like this snow. No. Very yeah. beautiful. Makes everything look beautiful, even the oh, it really does, yeah. We're lucky to live in a place where we don't have to have it for six months. So. Yeah, exactly. We can, we can love it for that amount of time that it's here. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, thank you so much for spending this time with me and, and chatting and yeah. Go on forever. Yeah. We've explored all sorts all the of things. Day. We started with brave, but we that, that took us yeah. in a whole different direction. Well, yeah. We went with the flow. Exactly. <laughs> this is what going with the flow looks like. Well, thanks for having me on. It was a pleasure. Good. And I'll 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 post some um links to your website and all that. Uh so Thank people hold of you, they can they can find that in the bottom uh in the post below the podcast. Um yeah, so thank you. Thank you. Enjoy the snow. Thanks, you too.